This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 702. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 702. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing well and that you are warm. If you are listening in live time, it is the middle of November and it's cold. Here in Seattle, we had this unusually long fall, which was, I won't even say fall. We had an unusually long summer and we literally went from 80 degrees to like 40 degrees in the shortest time span ever in my life, having lived here for 43 of my 47 years. And all I can do is like wrap myself in blankets trying to like, because I we like missed a whole season. We missed the 60 degree weather and I'm having a hard time adjusting. I went into a meeting at Vinnie's school the other day in a hot pink fleece sweater shirt, sweatshirt situation, like real hot pink and very fleecy. And the guy, my parent association co-chair who I had the meeting with, he's like, you really like cozy things, don't you? And I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So for anyone else who's sitting in hot pink fleece or puffy vests or cozy things like right there with you. Cheers. Cheers. So I am really excited for our conversation today. 
I should give you like a little rant warning because this is going to be a little ranty. And I think that some of you will appreciate that because I think that there's going to be some pieces of what we talk through today that are going to really, really shine a light on some of the ways that perhaps you feel inadequate, but you couldn't put your finger on it. And I actually, I have to give a little shout out to Monica Packer. So Monica Packer is a past guest of the show. She has a podcast called About Progress. I've been a guest on her show. She's just phenomenal. And so she's going to be a return guest coming up soon. Um, I recently recorded a second interview with her, which we'll be releasing soon. And then I'm also going to be a return guest on her show. So we interviewed each other first a few years ago and totally hit it off. And now we're re-interviewing each other. And I loved the conversation that I had with her when she came back on the show, which I will keep top secret for now. You'll see that coming up. But when she interviewed me, we talked all about moms and women and how this feeling of inadequacy is so present and so ingrained in us. And where does it come from? And why does it exist? And why does it stay with us? And how can we work through it and kind of uncover why is it that women are conditioned to carry feelings of inadequacy? And What is it around our socialization that sets us up to doubt ourselves in such a chronic way? And after that conversation, when I got done recording with her, I couldn't let go of some of the things that we talked through. And I couldn't let go of this idea that I wanted to dig deeper into this. And for some reason, it jumped out at me that I needed to come talk to you all about it in the context of work-life balance. And so that's not really specifically what Monica and I were talking about. We talked very specifically about women and feelings of inadequacy and chronic feelings of inadequacy, but we did not talk about it really specifically to this idea, notion, myth, bullshit. So explicit warning here, I'm going to say bullshit more than once in this episode, but this bullshit around work-life balance. And as I started thinking about it and about inadequacy when it comes to work-life balance, I kind of went on a terror slash rant in my head, putting together some pieces of a puzzle that I think will be really helpful for you all to see. So part of it was this conversation with Monica about women feeling inadequate. Another piece of it was this quote that I saw from Gary Vaynerchuk on LinkedIn recently that really uh, just got under my skin. And I'm going to talk about that shortly here. If you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, he is a marketing, I don't even know how to explain to him. He's an entrepreneurial marketing kind of a guy who's gone viral 1 million times. He's massively successful and he teaches other people how to market their businesses and like show up in online spaces and do it in all sorts of different ways. But he really explicitly is someone who has no work-life balance. Like he very openly has talked about at times over the years, like he works from like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. and he barely sees his kids and like whatever, like that's fine. He's super open about it. And he says like, I should be better at spending time with my kids and being present when I can. But like he, there's no part of him that is like trying to have work-life balance. He's very open about the fact that he doesn't have it. Women, on the other hand, we are always trying to navigate work-life balance. We're always feeling guilty because of our lack of work-life balance. And we do very much feel like, I think, and from what I hear from people, like we're told or given this notion that there is like a formula or some side of sort of like, I don't know, like freaking quadratic equation around this. Like if we could just master it, then everything would be fine. And what I want to suggest today that like mom guilt and like imposter syndrome, work-life balance is a social construct. It is an idea 
and a philosophy that is sold to women as something to be desired, something to be attained, something to aspire to. And the myth that work-life balance can actually exist is a really crappy bill of goods that we have been sold by the patriarchy. We have been told that this is a thing that we should want and that it's actually attainable. And if we just tried a little harder or we just got like all the pieces right in the right order, that we would actually have it. And that's bullshit. Like, it's not true. It is absolutely not true. And I think as we talk things through today, you're going to see like, yeah, it's not possible. And can we be okay with it not being possible? Can we not have balance and still live a life that we really love and that is ideal in so many ways. And I think by the time we get to the end of this conversation that you will see how that can be possible. Because I think right now if I'm like, you can just never have it, that sounds a little defeating maybe (laughs) when we've been taught like that's what we should be aspiring to. And so I don't want to steal that from you. I don't want to steal this work-life balance notion that you've been striving for from you. I want to instead help you shift your mindset so that you can recognize oh, that's actually not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to uphold this social construct written by the patriarchy that doesn't serve me in any way. So as feminism has evolved over the last few decades, we have been told that, yay, women can have it all. You can vote and you can get credit cards and you can buy houses and you can have positions and jobs and you can be CEOs and you can own companies and run businesses and you can do all these things, which is great. Long overdue. Long, long, long overdue. And... When we were told that we could have all these things, it was also, you can have all those things while you continue to manage the household, take care of aging parents, raise the children, like raise the dogs and the cats and the bunnies and the potbelly pigs and the guinea pigs and the hamsters and the goldfish. It's all in addition to everything else that is already being expected of you. So what we have now is a generation of women who have been taught you can have it all. And you should be really grateful because past generations, they couldn't have it all. So you can have it all and you should should have it all. You should go after all of it. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. We've been conditioned that because we can have it all, we should go after it all. And then once we go after it all and we fill every millimeter and every pore on our porous little plates, that we should also try to keep it balanced in some perfect mathematical ratio as if our lives are as simple as some sort of formula or quadratic equation where we can just plug things in and A plus B equals C and 5% here plus 10% there plus 15% there equals like this perfect ratio. And oh my gosh, that's not how it works. We are told that if we just had better balance, we wouldn't be stressed out all the time. We're told that if we had better balance, we'd be better moms and our kids would be more likely to thrive. We're told our kids really, really need us. Who are we to not be there as fully as possible? Who are we to not show up for them when they need us in those formative years? And also, while your kids are in those formative years, we also know that those are the most formative years of your career. When we look at research and study and when women typically have their most largest professional gains and largest professional strides and progress, it's typically during the child rearing years. So yay, Be there as fully as you can for your children and for your profession, because you can have it all. We're told that we are lucky to live in an era where we can work full-time, if not more, and also parent full-time. We are lucky that we get to try to cram 48 hours of work into every single 24-hour day. How lucky are we? Look at all the opportunity for us out there. (laughs) When we are working, we feel guilty that we aren't parenting. When we're parenting, we feel guilty that we aren't working. We are told all of this myth 
is possible. We're told all these pieces can work together in this magical way. And when they don't, and they never do, by the way, they never work together in a magical way. There's never a time where you're like 50% work, 50% parenting. I got it. It never happens. So when it never works, because it never does, we're left to feel inadequate. We feel guilty. We feel resentful. We feel like there's something wrong with us because it seems like other people have figured this out and we can't figure out how they figured it out because it definitely doesn't seem to work. Like the math doesn't add up when we go, okay, 24 hours of parenting a day and carrying that emotional load for my kid, even if I'm not with them, but like I'm worrying about them at school and I'm having to figure out soccer practice and this dentist appointment and what's for dinner and how to pack a nut free lunch and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm 24 hours of parenting a day and then I'm 24 hours of work a day and there's deadlines and proving myself to my boss and showing up for my team members and making sure I'm supporting whoever I'm managing in the workplace. So 24 hours there. So 24 plus 24, how do I make that only equal 24 in any given day? And we can't figure it out because it's literally not possible. The math doesn't work. The math does not add up. And yet we continue to try to cram our 48 hours of work into 24 hour days over and over and over again. And we don't want to complain that we're tired because it seems like other people have cracked the code. And it seems like there is a code. And if we just work a little harder or just wait until next week or next month or till we get through this busy season or this chaotic stage or this like, you know, the terrible twos or whatever season of parenting you're in, then maybe it'll calm down. Maybe things will calm down. And I know, like, I know I'm not alone in parenting moments or life moments or seasons where we're like, okay, this month is just like really, really exceptionally busy, but like next month it's going to quiet down. But then like the next month where it's supposed to quiet down literally never arrives. It never arrives. We're never like, oh, finally we're in the quiet month. Nope. There's no quiet month. (laughs) So we exist in this chronic state of burnout, but it's so normal to us that we don't recognize that it's burnout. So I have to point to the book Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, who are sisters who wrote this incredible book that I think every woman for sure needs to read if not and every mom i mean it's like your own most important parenting manual in their book they talk about human giver syndrome and so women are socialized to give and we're not just like to give and be helpful we are taught to overgive overproduce and overprove ourselves constantly this is how we prove our worth in the world this is how we prove our worth to other people this is how we show that we like deserve to have a seat at every table This is how we show that we're good moms. This is how we show everything because we always have to be showing that like it's possible. Look, I can do it. Let me show you. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm fine. It's good. So we exist in this chronic state of burnout. And then people like Gary Vaynerchuk have the audacity to come around and say, let's reframe burnout. So this is what I saw on LinkedIn last week. I saw this quote by Gary V that said, instead of burnout, let's call it I changed my mind. And his invitation was to ask people to bypass legitimate burnout that leaves us physically and emotionally dysfunctional and just change our mindset. If you're feeling really tired and like you have too much on your plate and you're just overwhelmed by life and the state of the world and parenting and working and, you know, navigating a post-pandemic world, instead of calling it burnout, just I changed my mind. I'm going to just change my mindset. If you want to be a really privileged, rich, white dude who doesn't know how to relate to women or moms at all, just say that. Just say, let's not call it burnout. Let's call it, I changed my mind. Just change your mindset. You're not burnt out. 
just change your mindset. See if you can look at that from another angle. Can you like reframe your chronic emotional and physical exhaustion that every mother carries? Can you just like reframe that? Yet, thanks, Gary, not helpful. (laughs) So I was so annoyed and really triggered by this comment that Gary made because it really pointed out like that's really what men think. High achieving men who, by the way, have wives at home raising their children while they admittedly are working from 5 a.m. to midnight on a daily basis are going to tell me to just change my mind when I feel like I might be experiencing burnout. I can't think of a more appropriate way for a privileged white man to own his privileged white manhood. So thank you, Gary Vee, for that. I want you to think about what it looks like for men to set aspirational goals and for women to set aspirational goals. Because when women are trying to set aspirational goals around work-life balance, we are feeling like we're constantly juggling and we're never enough for anyone. We're not enough for the work that we're doing and we're not enough for our families and for our kids. When men set aspirational goals around work-life balance, they do things like, say, coach their kid's soccer team, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. We've had so many amazing dads come out and coach Vinny's various sports over the years. And I'm so grateful because Lord knows I don't want to do that. But when a man does that, when a man is like, I'm going to have some work-life balance and coach my kid's soccer team, everyone's like, oh, he is such an involved father. He's really, I mean, I've heard this so many times, like just awards and kudos and accolades and trophies and gold stars for the such an involved father for coming out and coaching a team for three hours a week. Moms, by the way, are a quote, such an involved mom for every single hour of every single day. <laughs> like We're not showing up to coach on Tuesdays and Thursdays for an hour and then a game on Saturday where everyone then like afterwards is like, thanks, coach, you're the best. And then we get like a pizza party at the end, right? The coaches get a pizza party at the end with like a gift card and maybe like uh, some cute like handmade cards from the kids, maybe even like a trophy coach of the year, which uh, all is great. Like, I think that we should honor our coaches and our dad coaches for sure. But where's my pizza party at the end of every single day (laughs) for being such an involved mom? I've literally never had one. Like, have any of you had a pizza party at the end of the day where your family crowds around and maybe the neighbors even show up to be like, oh, such an involved mom. Here is your pizza party. Here's a little trophy for you, like MVP mom coach of the year. Also, here's a gift card. Take yourself to Banana Republic. Go shopping at Nordstrom. Maybe here, go to the spa. Literally never happened to me. The closest we have is Mother's Day. (laughs) That's like, that's the closest we have, right? So I want you to think about when we talk around about or think about how aspirational it is for women and moms to achieve work-life balance. And then we think about what that looks for men and how aspirational it is for them. It's literally like, do you want to volunteer a few hours a week to support your kid's soccer team? And we're like, oh, he's amazing. How does he do it? And I know I'm being really stereotypical and I'm making a lot of generalizations because I know there's dads that do way more than coach their kids' soccer teams. But I also think that this is what we, when we look at the high level picture of the social construct of work-life balance for moms and what is expected of us and how horrible we feel when we cannot make this equation work. And then a dude steps up and he's like, I'm going to like work on my work-life balance and do this one little thing. And people are just like, oh, 
Oh, did you see that? Oh, he's incredible. <laughs> I think we have to look at that. I think we have to look at that. I think that that is definitely the norm more than it's not. And that's really, really important for us to take a critical look at. When's the last time you heard someone say, wow, she's such an involved mom? Because I've literally never heard it. Maybe I'm just hanging out with the wrong people. I don't know. <laughs> but we are, we're involved and we are engaged 24 freaking seven. We never turn it off. While I am sitting in a high stakes meeting, I'm also thinking about the thing that is stressing my kid out today. While my perfect example of this is while I was selling the gym. So the morning that I signed the paperwork to sell my gym, I got all ready for school, for, not for school. I got Vinny ready for school and I got myself ready for the day. And I knew I had to go into this really high stakes meeting. We were meeting with lawyers and brokers and I was signing like massive paperwork, like definitely the biggest thing I've ever done in terms of signing paperwork. Like buying a house was one thing, but it was like my husband and I together and it was a very joint thing. This was like me walking into this room, making a very significant life having a significant life moment and making a really significant life choice and going through some really big steps. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today.
So as I'm getting ready that morning, Vinny was upset about something. And to distract him, I put on this necklace that he made me, which was a really cute necklace when you're wearing it to preschool drop off, but kind of inappropriate, if not like a little horrendous to wear into a really high stakes meeting. So I put on the necklace and I make this big deal about like, I'm wearing your necklace today and you're going to be with me all day, blah, blah, blah. Drop him off at school. We have an emotional drop off because that's how most of our drop offs were in this season of life. I go to my meeting and I'm all dressed up in like a silk blouse and (laughs) hair's all done, lipstick on. And I forgot to take off this necklace with like big, huge, chunky, plasticky. It was a combination of fuse beads and like painted pasta noodles or something. Big, chunky, plasticky jewelry. Completely forgot to take it off. So I go into this meeting a couple hours long. I sign off on all this paperwork to sell the gym. And I get in my car to take a picture of myself afterwards to do like a selfie, like, oh my God, just sold the gym, which I at the time was like this totally top secret business deal that I had not been able to talk about publicly at all. And even in taking the picture, I was like, I know I can't share this picture today, but I know someday I'm going to want this picture. This is a big deal to me. So I turn on my phone and I flip the camera to take the selfie. And I'm like, oh my God, I am wearing this huge, chunky, plastic macaroni fuse bead necklace with like, I mean, things are hanging off of it that are like three inches wide and six inches long. Literally did not notice them until I get in the car to take this picture. And I later sent a message to my broker who helped me with this whole process. And I was like, Judy, oh my gosh. I'm like... I didn't realize I was wearing my kid's artwork around my neck. I had planned on taking that off. And she's was a grandmother. She's a mother and grandmother. She's like, oh, I thought it was adorable. I'm like, oh my God, I wish you would have said something. Like, I really did not want to sit around this table with all these dudes. And I was the only parent of a young child there. Judy was the only other parent at the table. And she had children and grandchildren. But I'm like, oh, I would have not kept this necklace on. Like, I looked a little ridiculous. And so we are on 24-7. Like we are showing up and we are carrying our children with us no matter what we're doing. (laughs) And so if you feel like you don't have work-life balance, it's because it doesn't exist. It does not exist. But you've been sold this bullshit bill of goods from the patriarchy that not only does it exist, but you should really be working for it. And you should be working harder toward it. And you could probably try a little harder and shift that ratio to be like a little more balanced to make it a little closer to 50-50 if you just tried a little harder. So what if you could make peace with the fact that you've been sold a really crappy bill of goods and maybe you could be okay with sometimes working more and parenting less or maybe be okay with sometimes doing subpar work so you can actually enjoy and be emotionally present for parenting. Or maybe sometimes you could just quit doing both. Stop working, stop mothering, and do nothing. I think I've shared before that a few months ago, I was just exhausted. Like it was a Sunday afternoon, and there wasn't a specific reason for me to be exhausted. (laughs) There wasn't like I wasn't coming off of a really stressful week of work. It hadn't been particularly stressful with family life. But I just found myself like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. So I went upstairs into our bedroom. We have a TV in our bedroom that we never use. When my husband got it, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, we are not laying in bed and watch TV people. But it was one of those things where I was like, fine, if you get the TV. Like, it's it's not a hill I was willing to die on. I was like, you're going to buy it. We're never going to use it and whatever. So we get this TV. It's literally been in our room for years. It's probably been used five times and all five of those times in the last six months since the thing that happened a few months ago. So I'm feeling super tired. 
I'm like, I'm just going to go upstairs and get in bed and watch Real Housewives. So it's like a Sunday at one o'clock. My husband comes upstairs a little bit later and he's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just really tired. He's like, okay. He's like, just making sure like you never do this. I'm like, I know. And he goes, you should do this way more often. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that the reason that I didn't do it was because it felt like I shouldn't do it. And not because my husband would care, but because it felt like I should just fill all my time doing things, working toward that balance, right? If I can work a little harder getting this work stuff done, then I can have more time for the parenting stuff. Or if I work a little harder at this parenting stuff, then I can get that, like have my quality time parenting this morning so I can maybe sneak in some work this afternoon. What if you just quit both? What if you gave up completely on the idea of having balance and you're like, I'm just gonna get in bed on a Sunday and watch some Real Housewives and do nothing? What would your life feel like if you gave yourself permission to not seek balance? What if you recognized and embraced and completely honored that you were just going to fail at balance for the rest of your life? And then with that would be permission to be all in on the thing that you want to be all in on in any given moment. So I've worked a lot on this in the last few years, and I've actually achieved more work-life balance since having Vinny, I think, because I early on thought that I wanted to be the stay-at-home mom as much as possible. And when it did not fill my cup, and it really did not fill my cup, I realized how significant my work is to my identity and how much I love it and how much showing up and serving all of you means to me. And I realized that when I'm doing that, I want to be in that. I also realized that when I'm in parent mode, I love being in parent mode. Like I love those moments, the walking home from school, the walking to school, the being like at a sports game and being the most obnoxious mom screaming for my kid in the whole entire gym, which because I'm 100% that mom. I love being in those moments. So I've given myself permission to not try to seek balance. Whatever thing I'm in, I don't care how long I'm in one versus the other on any given day or on any given week or month or season of life. I just want to be in the thing I'm in when I'm in the thing I'm in. How would it feel if you could embrace that the lack of balance that you feel is very real and then embrace that when you're hardcore mothering, you're hardcore mothering. And when you're hardcore working, you're hardcore working. And when you're hardcore doing nothing, you're hardcore doing nothing. (laughs) Like never trying to be 50% of one thing and 50 of another, or 33.33% of one thing and 33.33% of another, and 33.33% of another. How would that change how you show up for your life? How would it change how you enjoy the moments that you're in? And how would it change your ability to not feel inadequate and to not carry guilt and to not feel like, oh, I'm not getting it right, or I can't figure out this magical equation that doesn't even exist? It could change so many things for you. So I'm going to invite you again to consider that this myth that work-life balance can actually exist is a really crappy bill of goods that you have been sold by the patriarchy. And as a result of that bill of goods, you have been socialized to believe that this is what you should aspire toward and aspire to carry, and that the only thing that that can lead to is guilt inadequacy, resentment, and burnout. It cannot lead to anything good. How would that change everything if in recognizing that that can't lead to anything good, you could find way more goodness in the life that you're currently leading? I told you this was going to be a rant. It was a good one, I think. So if this was helpful to you, if you know other moms who 
just feel so stuck because they're chasing this bullshit dream of balance. Please share this episode with them. If you felt this in your bones, like I felt it in my bones as I was recording it, please listen more than once because sometimes we need to hear this over and over again. So thank you for being here. I will be back on Wednesday with a phenomenal interview, of course. In the meantime, check yourself, maybe quit everything today, go get in bed, watch some Real Housewives, and just take care of you. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.